Welcome to That Mom Life. I'm Sarah Jordan, and I am very excited with my guest today, whom I've known now for at least 10 years, I think now. It's Bella Portero-Keeber. And Bella and I met in an unlikely way, and she was my intern at the radio station. And the strange part is about that, I say, is because Bella was older than me, but I felt like I learned more from her as I was teaching her. I mean, Bella, (laughs) wasn't that over 10 years ago at this point? Yes. Um, and it was really, uh, that is a unique thing. Um, you know, I'd gone to college late in life. I'd already started my company, Bella Vita Media, um, before I even actually like came out and decided that that's what I was going to do. I knew I wanted to work in journalism somehow, um, or marketing. And I ended up falling just into marketing as it pays the bills. So And you came on with me at the radio station when I was still the night show host. And it was a spring semester because we were heading into Derby. And again, like I said about uh, you teaching me things, I remember very quickly, you looked at me and you were one of the first people. And I remember this very specifically. You looked at me and you were like, you know, you're you're worth more. And that like people look to you and you should be doing this and you should be doing that. And I had never had somebody, this sounds so silly, that like believed in me that way. Um, I just saw, I don't know, I guess something bigger in you than you didn't. I think that it's something that women do, especially when we're early in our careers. Um, we don't recognize what we're capable of because there's so many barriers that we have to get through. So to have other women find those qualities within you and tell them about, tell you what they see is empowering. I mean, it's something that women don't do enough. You know, that's, you just verbalized it better than I did. That's exactly what it was. I was not willing to recognize my own worth. And I think sometimes you're so submerged in your own industry and maybe you don't feel that way because you're still just looking at all the other people thinking, but I'm not doing that yet. Um, So it was so refreshing. And actually you introduced me to people that I still continue to work with today and through your Bella Vita media. I mean, you've always been an entrepreneur. And so you were really on the cutting edge. I feel like (laughs) I was there right when everybody started to figure out that they could use social media for um, developing relationships within the community. I totally agree with that. And it's funny because when you, I asked you to be on my podcast, you were like, what are we going to talk about? And I were like, we're going to talk about you. And you said, well, why am I going to be interested? And as you speak, I'm sitting here going, okay, well, you made me realize I had self-worth before I realized it. Um, you realized what a social media influencer was before social media influencing was one of like the top things that people were doing at one point. Like you always saw things before other people. Like that's a true gift, especially to try to make a living off of it. I mean, did you oh, yeah. grow up here in Louisville? I don't feel like I asked you that. Um, I did. So my family, um, I was born in Elizabethtown, Kentucky. My mom and dad met, both of their parents were in the military, so they were army brats. They met in um, Radcliffe, Kentucky, and my grandfather had the first steakhouse um, in Elizabethtown, Hardin County area. So um, my dad worked there, my mom worked there, and then my mom went to school late in life and became a nurse, and then my dad went to school late in life and became a physical therapist. But they both wanted to um, leave Elizabethtown when I was around three years old, um, we came to Louisville and that was just so that we could have better opportunities presented to us. And I mean, it's been awesome and it's, you know, very unique and weird that now I've also now married somebody from that same area. Um, and we each other. Yeah. Yeah. Um, my husband's from Meade County. Um, he went to, uh, Meade County high school. He, 
you know, grew up on a farm and then um, had a video rental business that turned into Suntan City. And then here we are. So funny. And actually, I know your dad because I've had mm-hmm. multiple knee surgeries. And mm-hmm. with my la- the one knee surgery I had, I want to say you and I, you may have been my intern at the time or shortly after that. Yeah. And he... I got to meet your dad. And actually, I'm pretty sure I, I needed physical therapy. And you were like, that's what my dad does. And I said, excuse me. <laughs> so then he helped nurse my knee back to health again. And so I, he's a great physical therapist. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Do you I have any siblings? I do. Um, I have an older brother and sister. Um, and they're both, we all live kind of in the same area. We're all in the Highlands area of Louisville. So it's kind of nice. Um, we're all close, but I mean, it's also, again, different times in life and everybody's pretty secluded at this point. <laughs> so nobody, I feel like does that much. And I think that it's really hard. Um, you know, my mom's a cancer survivor. Um, so I've been mostly her contact. And so I don't go out very much. And if I do, I'm that, you know, I'm that crazy person with a mask and gloves. And um, I just want to make sure that whatever she needs, I'm fully available to her. And if I got sick, then that would be one thing that I couldn't do. So I'm her only lifeline right now. But she also lives literally around the corner from my house. So so you guys are in each other's bubble. Yeah, we're in the bubble together. We're the quarantine. So I feel like that's why I reference it anymore. It's the who's in your bubble. Because yeah. I think more people need to realize that like whoever's in your bubble, you're forming a fence with. That's your fence to try to keep For everything sure. out. So if you let someone into that bubble, you just broke your fence and now you're susceptible because we've got high risk people in our home. And so Mm -hmm. we've had to be so careful and it's been, I mean, I say the word isolating and that sounds obvious, but as you know, if you're used to having a social life, you're used to going out, you travel so much. It is been such a hard year for that. It's my, actually my pediatrician described it as it's a year of grief. There's a lot of grieving Mm -hmm. behind that, not being able to be around people and be social and travel and be yourself. It's very, very odd. Yep. I'm with you. 100%. It is probably the weirdest year. I don't know anything that's ever happened to anything like this and it's happening to everybody. So, I mean, it's not, it's all inclusive. We're all going through it at the same time. Um, I think that's been a really another like high point of seeing social media. I mean, if you stay away from all the, the negative components of it and just seeing like, I mean, it's how we are all keeping in touch with each other and that's amazing, but it's also, you know, another part of just nobody gets to see each other in public. And if you do, like I've seen a couple of people and they've been like, you know, six feet apart from me or anything like that. And it's really hard to not hug them. You know what I mean? Like you just can't like go up and hug and like, be like, Hey, how are you doing? And like, you stand there and have this exchange. Otherwise you're just like, Hey, yeah, we're all going through COVID together. I'll see you later. Bye. You know what I mean? So it's like, there's no, um, whoever's in your bubble is it's imperative, but I'm going on. Oh, yes, <laughs> completely. And I've had that experience. So I, it seems like March was so long ago, but I remember that first feeling in May mm-hmm. when lockdown first lifted and people started to feel like, okay, we can get things back to normal. So people were doing a lot of the like drive-by birthday parties. They yeah. were, I, there was so much hope, not that we've lost all hope at this point, but I, we did not turn around as fast as people thought. So no. I can remember the first time I went to a drive-by baby shower or was it a birthday party? Oh, so I, I got it. I know I got out of the car 
And I, and I left my, like my, the car was right there. So my daughter was right there, but I ran out and I set the bag in the driveway. And one of my closest friends like put their arm around me to hug me. And I completely flinched and like backed away. And Mm -hmm. I am such an affectionate person. And you're totally right when you can't hug them. And even the fact that they touch you, you're like, ah, it's so weird. Like, I, I know some people have been like, I guess this is going to get rid of hugs forever. I'm like, no, as soon as we can hug, I think everyone's going to want to hug each other more. <laughs> I hope. Oh, yeah, for sure. It's just everyone's going to like hugging in, in, in real life. Super, yeah. super awkward, long hugging or like where you like run up to each other and that's like almost a running, jumping hug. I think it's going to be very dramatic hugging. One hundred percent. And I can't wait till yeah. that day. Yeah. So <sighs> what is... Outside of dealing with the obvious pandemic here in 2020, let's talk about your husband, Rick. How did you guys meet each other? Um, I was an employee for his company. Um, I'd worked for Suntan City as the social media manager. I was brought in to create the voice for um, their avatar. Her name is Vicky. Um Becky, Vicky and I are very similar, I guess. And I kind of crafted her. I don't know if it was, um, you know, me, my voice too much or hers, but, um, I don't know. It's funny as I grew in social media, like even as I managed other professionals, um, in the city, I would manage their social media and I would have, I felt like I had like multiple personality disorder because you start talking about all these different brands and different voices and you're posting as this person or that person. And you have to always kind of be able to tap on it. But, um, yeah, that's how I, um, started with Suntan City and I was there, I want to say over two years. Um, but you know, as our relationship got, um, serious, I left the company and, um, just started working with other projects and different companies. So, so you and Rick have been together since roughly 2012. I think so. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it was more towards the end of 2012. Um, I know it was definitely around like December, I want to say, which is horrible. I mean, you knew me. Um, actually, that year I had broken up with um, someone that I was with for eight years, I want to say. A very long time. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, I was, I think, talking about a lot of that stuff with you <laughs> whenever yeah, you all were. that stuff was happening. And so it was just... Um, I don't know. I kind of went through that, like, you know, uh, weird phase in life where you think somebody's going to, a guy's going to chase you and you want him to, and you know, things don't work out, but then something works out even better in your favor. And then you realize life was doing you a favor. So do you feel like going, even though breakups are the worst, and I know obviously Mm -hmm. you were with someone for almost a decade. Do you, are in a weird way, are you thankful for that breakup to getting you to the other side? Oh, 100%. Yeah. I mean, you know, he and I, uh, I mean, we're, we're cordial. We're not like friends or anything like that. I think it's um, not something that, you know, either of us, we don't have any, there's no ill will, but I think it's kind of weird to be like friends with your ex of that long. <laughs> so yeah. um, it's, it's just awkward. So, but no, I do. I think that, you know, that was my relationship for my twenties and it teaches you who you are and what you're willing to accept from people and what you're not. And then, um, you know, my husband's older than I am. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if I would have even dated somebody that was older than me if I hadn't been going just through s- different things and different hardships. And I was just like, I need to find something new. And I was like, the guys I pick don't work out. So maybe I should just, 
you know, I, I was tired of chasing things and tired of, I don't know, praying and just mentally like putting yourself through this process of somebody not wanting you. So I was like, whatever's meant to be comes to you. So if this guy is coming, you know, he's pursuing me, then that means maybe it's, I should give this a try and see how it goes. And, um, you know, our relationship's been probably, I mean, it is my best relationship with, you know, a romantic relationship of my life. Um, We've had our ups and downs. We broke up for a little bit and got back together. But I think that that's equally what's made us um, a very strong couple. I mean, we've gone through horrible things and got back together. And then um, when we got back together and we got married right away. I mean, I think we got engaged in May and we were married in December of the same year. He did an elaborate proposal and I remember gushing over the pictures. Can you tell me how we proposed? We had gone to Derby of that year, which is fun, um, together. And I was like, you know, we're not, you know, you don't want to marry me and I love you. And this is, you know, we're friends and it's cool. And like, we'll just be cordial around each other. And I was like, you know, we already committed to going to Derby events together. I was like, we'll just do that and get through that. And then, you know, sayonara, see you later, see you around town. You know what I mean? Kind of a thing. And he was like, you know, at first he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then like come that Monday, then he's kind of, he wasn't really happy with my decision still. And then he was like, you know, we, he and I both enjoy traveling together. Um, and he was like, let's go to Charleston. You've never been, I've never been. We've always talked about going, let's just go. Um, so we went to Charleston and then I totally was messing up the proposal because um, he wanted to watch the sunset and it was getting cloudy. And I was like, let's just go back in. And it was just, um, <laughs> it was really, um, I feel like a jerk in hindsight. And he kind of started tearing up and I was like, oh, that's weird. And that's, um, you know, he got down on one knee and, you know, did, did the whole thing about, about asking me. And then um, that was awesome. Of course, I um, didn't think that was going to happen um ever from him so then the next day he was like i've got another surprise for you and i was like oh god and i was like who's who is what's happening i was like he was like you know you might not like it you might enjoy it and i was like he was just like trying to like mess with me all day and so i was like oh my god i was like are you gonna do this i was like i don't like hot air balloons i don't like xyz you know what i mean i started going through and i was like don't like don't want to do and um he had me put on um you know, I tied one of my scarves around my eyes and then he took me out to um, a chair outside of the place that we got engaged. And then um, four of my friends and their um, significant others were there. And then that's how I got to celebrate in Charleston with them for one night. And it was awesome. And then the next day it was great. And then we all came home. So um, it was the most amazing experience probably, I think just, and it, you know, it could have been with any friend. It's not just like an exclusive thing, but I think just to have somebody there, people there with you that um, have been a part of your journey at any point in time, and they are there to celebrate this new chapter for you. Uh, it's just, I hate to, I don't ever want to use the word fairy tale because that's not life, but it was definitely a um, surreal experience. I remember going to your wedding that December and it was just gorgeous. And I mean, you're gorgeous anyway, but like the whole wedding, everything was beautiful. And I was just so happy because I remember you dealing with that, the, the prior toxic relationship dealing Mm -hmm. with the breakup and to see you find your true love was wonderful to watch. Thank you. 
And you were definitely part of that. And like you were parts of horrific experiences with sex. So, I mean, like you were, uh, it was awesome. Like you're, you're an amazing friend and I'm glad that, thank you. And thanks for coming to the wedding. That was, um, that was probably, (laughs) I wish I would have been able to like get drunk or do something, but every time I would hold a drink, it was like, I was like, champagne won't stay in my dress, but then people would hug me and my drink would go all over me. And I was like, yeah, I'm just not going to drink tonight. So it wasn't meant to be, but, um, everybody else had, really epic times um and just seeing the photos that everybody took and hearing the stories is awesome so and that's the biggest thing you know i mean marriages are wonderful and fun and great but if you don't get to create great memories with that person then what is what's happening and that was kind of rick's thing with having a big wedding and having so many bars at the wedding um he was like i want people to just come and have a really good time and just celebrate life and that's his approach to pretty much everything else that he does. You had such a fun wedding because um, the University of Louisville is actually a huge part of your relationship. Because I remember, yeah. like, the Cardinal Bird was there. I have pictures of like me and a mascot, and I've never He's been to a wedding with a mascot. <laughs> He's wearing a sequin vest. I was like, that was imperative. I forgot that. <laughs> I was like, when I saw his vest, they were like, it was special to you. I was like, that's amazing. So, um, yeah, no, my husband loves U of L, and you know, I grew up a Kentucky family, um, and I kind of tried to resist U of L for a very long time, and eventually, I just kind of gave in and stopped fighting it. And and it makes more sense. I go to more U. I go to U of L games. I'm I talk to more people there, and it's just I don't know. Now I'm all U of L, so. Now, you mentioned that Rick is older and Mm -hmm. you walked into going from zero to three kids? Yes. Yes, I did. Um, Yes, uh, it's three kids, um, Isaac, Luke, and Emerson. Um, Now they are 21, 17, 14. Um, 21? of them. Yeah, Isaac. It's total. Trust me, I've never felt older in my entire life. I'm like, that's crazy. It's like they just grew so fast and such. I mean, you know, as children do. So I think it's just it's been awesome. Uh, You know, coming into their life when they're all very impressionable, um, I think was key. I, I think coming into relationships when people are already fully formed, I think that that could be difficult. Um, but when it's kids, they're so impressionable and they're so ready and they're, I think children are much more accepting um, to step parents or new ideas or new concepts once they actually um, get involved. So I've been really lucky in that component. You know, it's, I'm not saying it's like all kittens and sunshine and glitter and everything's great. It's just, um, you know, I think that you ride the high waves when they come and when the, you know, bad times hit, it's just kind of learning how to roll with it. And um, kids are going to all present different difficulties and different also moments of amazement. They're wonderful and they're all three so different. So it's just really unique and a huge privilege for me to even be a part of their existence. So were they accepting of you or yeah. was that something that there was like a more or less a learning curve on? No, they were great. You know, Isaac is, um, was very 
Isaac loves meeting new people, talking to him, and he just creates friendships with people at the drop of a hat. I mean, on the airplane, he can sit next to a stranger, and by the time they get off, they're exchanging phone numbers and talking. So he's just very welcoming. Um, Luke, maybe I had the most difficulty with. He's, you know, Rick's little, you know, little boy, or now very big boy, is taller than Rick. But he, um, you know, most in common with Rick and just kind of really close. And I think that, you know, I just presented myself as like, I would take away time that he had with him. And especially, you know, for children that just go through a divorce, that was very, um, you know, top of mind is just to make sure that I'm not impeding upon their time with their father. So that was good. And that Emerson was six. So, I mean, it was just like six or seven, one of the two. Um, but she was just very, um, she wanted to wear whatever I was wearing. If I walked in and I had like on a denim skirt and like, you know, a cardigan, she would go and throw on the exact same thing or as close as she could and what she had, you know what I mean? So it was just, um, I think I just presented myself as a big toy and I would take her to go do fun stuff and get her nails done. And you know what I mean? So it was just, um, it never felt like work or it never felt difficult. So, I mean, you know, now they're all, they've all gone through puberty and hormones, which is fun. Um, so fun. <laughs> oh, it's so fun. Um, Any boyfriends know, and girlfriends you've had to deal with? No, thank God. No. Um, so Luke hasn't, I know he talks to girls and I know that there's stuff, but he does not. Boys are very weird about it. And Emerson has had a boyfriend, but she doesn't really talk. They, none of them really talk about their relationships. Um, Isaac is dating someone seriously and he brought him home, um, you know, for the holidays. And then that turned into quarantine. And then he was here for a great deal of quarantine. And it was, I mean, it was great. It was, you know, the bad, the good thing about quarantine at the very beginning, I think was that we all got to spend so much time with kids and build relationships together and have these new experiences that nobody would really normally have. Isaac is 21 years old. At 21, most of the time, especially for a kid in um, theater, you know, during the summer, he would go away and work at a different theater, go to a conservatory, go to a training, and that didn't happen. So, I mean, I'm grateful that that happened just so that we got to see him a little bit more. But, I mean, he is a full-grown man now. So... What would you give advice to other people coming in as a step parent into that kind of a situation or an established situation, like you said? You know, the biggest thing I think is to find, um, you have to walk in and realize it's not always going to be good and it's not always going to be great, but it's amazing if you can make it work. Um, there has to be a huge level of understanding with your partner, spouse, whatever. Um, I don't think, I think that it should be approached very lightly if you're just going to date this person. But I think if you're, you know, going to get engaged and you're married or like it's just already happening or something like that, then I think it's much easier um, because then you're a permanent fixture in the eyes of the children. Do you know what I'm saying? And if you're not permanent, then they're not going to treat you that way. And that's just how kids are. And it's just... But again, I mean, my kids fully accepted me when before they were my kids. You know what I mean? So it was just different. Um, I would say it's important to just have the bond with the spouse or your partner to be the person that is um, the authoritarian. You're not the disciplinary figure. And if you are, I feel like that disrupts the relationship quite a bit. Um, and I think also a lot of it is to be... Um, open. I mean, like there's, it, it's, 
it's simple, but it's all really hard. I mean, like, I don't think that anybody has this exact playbook about how it's going to be, you know, kids are going to have ups and downs and, you know, they're going to have loyalties at points too, where they'll feel guilty for having a relationship with you because they want to be, you know, loyal to their mom. And I think that that has to be understood and that it really, I mean, I've had to learn a lot of things had really nothing to do with me whenever there was a bad moment or um, different things they've said or anything like that. It's just coming from this place of, you know, you're not their mom, but you are this extra person in their life. And as that extra person, you, um, you're just extra. Like it's not, you're, it's, you're not always going to be the priority and you have to be okay with it. And, you know, different settings happen and, I don't know if that makes any sense, but it's just you have to be open to not being the person in charge, not being the person that matters the most or um, and not taking any of it personally. It, you have to develop really thick skin. Um, you know, I'd lie to you if I said I didn't cry at, about things at certain moments, but it's just because it's a knee jerk reaction that you have and you things. I mean, th- some, some things will hurt your feelings and you just kind of you know, it's like acknowledging it and then noting it, putting it away in a drawer and then it's just there. You know what I'm saying? It's just, you have to, it's, it's, you have to be able to compartmentalize your life. That's such a tricky position to be in. Cause you're right. You have to have tough skin. And if, especially if you're more like type A wanting to take control of stuff mm-hmm. to be able to not do that and be okay with it. That is a task in itself. Oh, for sure. I mean, I'm like, it's just not, that's not easy. And, and it, <sighs> Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, that'd be a whole other top podcast thing, but I'm like, it's not, it's not easy, but it, it can work. I've heard about instances when it doesn't, but I think that it just comes down to communication with your partner because that your, your approach to it has to be completely aligned with, you know, with me and Rick, it, it, he and I have to be on page. And if we're not, then we usually step away or we talk about it after we're not around the kids. And then we talk and talk about which way we both saw things happening. Um, and then, you know, it's all, it's just growth. It's marriage. It's, it's life. It, I've never came into a situation in life where it doesn't require you to do a, a little bit of work and understanding. I think if everybody approached every situation they're in with a little bit of empathy for what everybody is saying, then I mean, it, the world would be awesome, but it doesn't always work out that way. No, especially in 2020. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think that is a prime example of what, if people followed the advice you just gave, things would probably be going a little bit better. Um, yeah. So the other thing that's going on, so you get married, you've been married now five years, you are mm-hmm. helping raise three wonderful stepchildren, mm-hmm. but you've never stopped being an entrepreneur. So you and Rick are both entrepreneurs and now you guys are doing you're together. You're even a bigger force. So I know that one of my favorite things that you've done too, because it's delicious topped pizza is one of your brands as well. So where did you get the idea for topped pizza? So we, um, you know, thank you for including me in the entrepreneur factor. I mean, you know, we've done, 
a couple of other things together, but I'll stay on task and talk about tops. Um, but oh, you can work on. You can talk about anything. I want to hear about your entrepreneurial things that you do. I mean, I know that you and Rick have designed bourbon Airbnbs. I know that. Yeah. I mean, what you guys have done. I want to hear about you because, again, like. I think it's hilarious that you were like, am I going to be even interesting? And I think about all the things that you were doing, all of it's interesting. So tell me it all. Um, my husband is everything. That's what that is. Now, you know, I started my company, um, Bella Vida Media, and I just did mo more, um, you know, events and different things. I never really branched out and like started new companies. Um, I started to do a lot of stuff with like, you know, the whole like pyramid scheme of Shakeology, which at first I was like, this is amazing. And then I was like, no, this sucks. So I'm out. No shade, no shade at anybody that doesn't. I'm like, I actually still drink the powder. I just don't like um, pushing friends to buy stuff. So um, from there, Rick and I decided to, um, you know, I was into Shakeology because of my health problems. And um, I was like, you know, there's not a good place to go where I know where the ingredients are. I was like, yeah, I think about it. I was like, there's nowhere we can both go that the kids enjoy at the same time. I was like, I sometimes just want to eat a salad or I want to eat a gluten-free pizza. Um, and, you know, the kids, it's just kind of difficult. I mean, this was again in 2014 when we started having those conversations. And so in 2015, we opened up our first location for Tops um, and it's fast casual, um, you know, personal size pizzas. I mean, I think our largest one is 12 inches. Um, it's salads and kids meals and wraps. And it's just, I, I genuinely can walk in there and I know that the food quality is great. Um, we just wanted somewhere that we could go that we both liked. And Rick and I really, I mean, as everybody else, if it's an adult, we you love a great salad. You know, Rick and I put together a couple of different salads that we really liked. I mean, at first our menu is really large. And then with time, you know, my husband is best with operations. He's really good at knowing how to make things happen fast. Um, he can, with any system, I mean, he's now, you know, he's like totally taking, you know, gym tanning and laundry to a new level um, <laughs> with um, <laughs> oh my God. City and Buff City. So, <laughs> um, but um, he is that guy. So, uh, it doesn't shock me at all that we, you know, jumped into tops and then we did, you know, he never had bourbon in all of his life um, until he started dating me. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but now he, I mean, he's a huge bourbon guy. Um, so whenever we had the opportunity to um, develop some Airbnbs in Nulu, we made them all bourbon themed. I mean, that's the reason that a lot of people come to Louisville, Kentucky outside of Derby season is for all the different distilleries that we now have in downtown Louisville. But then we're also so close to Barbstown, Kentucky. So um, we did that. And then we jumped on one of the official spots for the bourbon trail for people to stay. Um, and it just kind of grew from there. I mean, we had at one point, I think, eight different Airbnbs. But, you know, um, my husband is in the business of making money. So as soon as, you know, people grew interest and wanted to buy, he sold. And um, so we sold a lot of it. And then, I mean, we're completely out of Stan Wander Louisville now. Um, and then, you know, he, it's funny that it's all social media. So he found, um, well, he wasn't found. Someone contacted him, um, a guy named Justin Delaney from um, Buff City Soap, contacted Rick on um, LinkedIn and approached him about a company that he had that he wanted Rick's experience in for franchising, and it's called Buff City Soap. Um, Buff City was found in Memphis, Tennessee, 
um, and their goal is to be the Starbucks of soap. Wow. Mm -hmm. So my, um, you know, Rick brought some of the products home and it was really great. And I was like, these are good. You know, I really like this scent. And like our number one selling scent is Narcissist um, because it's number one for a reason, I guess. Um, (laughs) But it, uh, it's really, I mean, it's at the end of the day, it's the most simple products, but they're all made in store. They're made locally by, you know, people in your community. Um, It's, all natural. There's nothing toxic, which is huge. Um, you know, I've gone through so many different diets and homeopathic treatments and it all comes down eventually to, I mean, your skin is your largest organ. So what are you putting on it? Um, so it just made sense. And especially for me, when I was going through, um, you know, a natural path, instead of going through regular treatment for Crohn's and lupus and, um, Beckett. So it's just, it all kind of happened at the same exact time. Um, and then Rick, was like, yeah, I'm in. And so we have agreed, I think we're supposed to build 150 um, Bell City soaps over the next five years. You're supposed to build how many? 150. <gasps> you are like you and Rick are in charge of that many franchises. My husband is. Yes. Mm-hmm. Bella. But I say, but I say this because I mean, you have to think. So Rick started Suntan City. He started it um, out of the video store and it was video vault. He started, um, you know, going to different conventions for people in that business and they had tanning beds. And they're like, this is the way to make, you know, people stay in your stores long- longer. So Rick was like, okay. So he brought tanning beds and he realized people were actually in the store more to tan than they were to rent anything. So he turned that into Suntan City. And then he had heard about uh, Planet, Planet Fitness before it actually kind of started taking off and getting anywhere near um, Kentucky or Indiana or different places. I think he sold quite a bit of... Um, some of them, but of course we own the ones in Louisville and a couple of, I know it's more than a couple, but you know, with 150 plus of that, and then you have, I think 200 locations, maybe with Suntan city, I think that his operations crew and construction, they know what they're doing and they get it done so fast. Um, if there's anything that my husband is, it is efficient and has all of his employees are, it's a well oiled machine and that's how he's able to grow so fast and do um he just he knows what's going to work and what's not going to and that's and sadly it's not just about business it's usually about everything he's pretty spot on which i hated not announcing that he's always right but typically he's usually (laughs) right even though if he asked me he's like am i right i'm like no (laughs) like i just won't acknowledge it i'm just like no so it's um but yeah if he listens to this he'll see hear that so we'll see if he'll listen but well, I mean, the, clearly he knows how to make something a successful business model and then take that business model and multiply it. I mean, you guys are such great partners when it comes to finding what's missing. Because yeah. I didn't know what Buff City Soap was, and I've obviously seen you posting about it now that the stores have opened. And I mean, meanwhile, you've got all of this going on. Your stepmother, you are one of the, what I think, the original social influencers here in Louisville with the following. That word now. I hate that word now. <laughs> You started it when it was good. <laughs> I know. I know. I got out when it started getting bad. I was like, I can't handle it. Like what's sad. And I'm like, no knocking again to like Kroger. That was my last, I made a post about Kroger and I do, I mean, I'm a Kroger shopper, but I was like, this feels gross. And I literally took it down. And then ever since then I was like, I've never, and that was two and a half years ago. I was like, I've never promoted anything. Anytime I ever post about something, it's usually because I, if people are like, Hey, I'll pay you. I'm like, don't pay me. I'll just post about it for you. 
and that's it. Cause it's just like, at the end of the day, I'm like, oh, that's not who I am. I, I love helping small businesses or like my favorite, especially if they're in Louisville. Um, I don't, I just don't want to take people's money. I mean, like lately, like people call me and they ask me about social media advice and I'm like, I'm not going to try to push and be like, I should be, you should be one of my clients and I'll manage you. I'm like, yeah, I'll just give you the free advice. I mean, look at the world that we're in. It's crazy. It's like, I would hate to be the reason that a small business can't move on because they paid me too much money and that, that cut into like their livelihood. That's just not who I am. So I don't, I mean, that's also, all of this has also aligned with, I started grad school with um, West Virginia University for um, marketing communications. And um, it's it's great, but it, it's again, it's all online. So it's like, there's just been this, as 2020 has hit, it's been a lot, but it's like my life was kind of setting itself up for a bit right now before it all happened. So so is is that your main primary focus still? And then obviously, I know you and your husband um, sometimes do your entrepreneurial stuff together, or mm-hmm. obviously you're a huge supporter. He's your husband. But <laughs> I mean, so Bella Bean Media, that's what you've really taken and just gr- have grown it and grown it and grown it and continue to do that, correct? Correct. Yeah. But I mean, right now I'm at the point where it's just working for our brands and then, I mean, tapping in and getting product to you know, for Buff City Soap, it's influencers, but it's not the influencers that everybody's thinking. Um, I think in the city of Louisville, I'm actually only sending it to one influencer and she's just been around since the beginning, um, Danielle Davis and everybody else. It's no knock, but it's just kind of like, I don't have it in me to um, go into why I dislike social media. That's a whole negative conversation, but our influencing in general. But I think that now it's just, like I said earlier, going back to um, working with people that are influencing the community and doing it in natural ways, not doing it by sale or anything like that. It's just people that are out and about and people appreciate what they're saying, doing, and that that gives everybody an impression of, you know, people want to do and see what you're saying and doing. So it's just... I think that that is what influencing is. And it has nothing to do anymore with Instagram. How's your health? Like it's personally? It's really good. It's the, it's the craziest thing. Um, I never, you know, my mom is a nurse. My dad is a physical therapist. I grew up, you know, you got to take Advil. My, my mom, when she was working, if I called her and I wasn't, if something wasn't bleeding or bandaged or have I taken Advil, then don't call. You know what I mean? Like that was literally part of it. So I've always kind of been in that mind frame of taking uh, medication all the time from doctors. And then once um, my husband was really pushing me to go um, to a naturopath that he heard about that had helped somebody that had Lyme disease and now they're symptom free, you know, it's just not the cure all. It's not like this like cult thing where I'm like, I don't have it anymore. It's just all of my symptoms are in remission. And it's all because of diet and um, mental health and different um, supplements and treatments that I do. Um, It's kind of just slowing life back down a little bit and focusing on my health has been um, a really big part of it for the last two years, I feel like. So it's been great. I'm doing really, really good. I mean, going from cancer treatments to, um, I mean, think about, I was losing my hair this time, like four years ago or something like that. So it's just, um, watching my body go through such a different time. And now I'm at a really, I'm at a healthy weight, but now I feel overweight because I'm so like rail thin for so long. It's just, um, I don't know. I've just tried to learn how to just be content with 
what I'm, where I'm at, even if my body isn't exactly what I want it to look like at all times, especially during COVID, uh, we're all eating. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like, we don't, yeah. that. I'm like, uh, skinny pop is my drug of choice lately. So, um, I don't, um, I don't know. I love I think- skinny pop and boom chicka pop. Oh, God, I'm like all the popcorn. It's just so good. And it's like, it never, it, you're never really full. So it's like, I have, but yeah, the calorie count on it is intense. So I'm just been trying to uh, maybe curtail that a little bit. And, you know, I do want to get out and walk a lot, but it's kind of just been difficult. I live in the Highlands area of Louisville and, you know, there is just a lot of stuff happening in the city of Louisville. And so it's just, um, I haven't been getting out as much unless my husband goes with me and my dogs and stuff like that. So it's just been an interesting time. So I've just been, it really home. has. I've I think mental health. Is- popcorn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, I think mental health obviously is such a massive thing that I think we're going to have to deal with so much more based on even just cause and effect of the year. Mm-hmm. But that's what I, I know right now I'm kind of just in this place where I'm like, I have to be satisfied with where I'm at because I haven't lost my baby weight from baby three or anything like that. But it's like, I'm in the house all day and you're right. Sometimes my happiest moment of the day that I'm like, Ooh, look at this is like, I got all the kids to bed. I did my job today. We did virtual learning today. I'm going to eat some chips and salsa. (laughs) And like, I look forward to it as if it's like my treat. And that's like my moment of excitement for the day. And I'm like, this is where I'm at. That like my, my chips and salsa or a bowl of lucky charms is like, what's getting me hyped. It, it's the smallest, well, it's the smallest things. It's that. And I want, I'm going to drop buff city off at your house. I'm just going to put it on your front doorstep or something. But once you do laundry, like it is truly, am I doing laundry is what's gotten me through COVID. <laughs> I'm like, cause it just smells good. And I'm like, I'll just sit there and I'm like, okay, this smells good. Things are okay. Like, you know what? I used to not like laundry, mm-hmm. but the, I have turned into liking the routine of laundry in 2020. Like every Saturday and Sunday, I start kind of Saturday afternoon. I finish it up by Sunday night, but I know pretty much how many loads I'm going to do. I fold all the little kids' clothes. We get everything back together again for the start of the week. And you know what? That's the exact same thing I did pre-COVID. It's mm-hmm. one of those things my mind that hasn't been affected. Now, the type of laundry as in like, I used to have all my fancy work clothes and now it's all like my nicer sweatpants, my pajama (laughs) pants and my leggings. Yeah. Same. That's changed, but I enjoy the therapeutic routine of now I'm going to get my laundry done. Yeah. And reset myself for the week. So it's my like weekend reset and I need it. And that's weird. I never thought I'd look at laundry like that. I'm like, is this what being an adult is? Is this what this is? I'm not sure. (laughs) Yes, it is. That's all we got. I'm like, we got laundry and cleaning the house and making dinner. Like, yeah. Or going out to Topped, of course. I'm kidding. Or going out. Exactly. Oh my gosh. Well, Bella, I greatly appreciate talking to you. I love that you and I have gone through so many journeys together over the last almost 10 years of knowing each other and watching each other grow. And you're a friend of mine. You're a mentor of mine. You're sometimes a coworker of mine. I just like that we're in it together. We are. Always have been. Always will. It's never going to change. Bella, you're the best. Thank you so much for taking the time thanks, to talk to me today. Thanks for having me. I'm like, I hope, I hope everybody loves it, you guys. 